Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. from the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 12 through 20. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and we were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so that the 
At least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them. And as he passed by, crowds gathered also from the towns around them, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priests and all the associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. This is the word of God. Our second lesson comes from Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 18. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from who, him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and who has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power to forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him, and all the people of the earth will mourn him because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother, and companion to the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Palmas because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the last day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a small scroll and what you see and send it to the seven churches in Ephesus, Sidon, Pergamon, Sagittarius, Philadelphia, and Landesea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man dressed in a robe, teaching, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were the blazing fire. His feet were the bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and out of the mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I felt as his feet, at his feet, as though dead. 
Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and hate. This is the word of the Lord. According to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated.
In Jesus' name, amen. Our text for this morning is from the Revelation to St. John, chapter 1, verses 17 through 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. This is our text. Christ is risen. He is risen Amen. Our Lord proclaims in verse 3 of chapter 1 of Revelation that the time is near for his coming. Now, looking out into the world, it can be hard to believe that our Lord is coming soon. I mean, do we really believe that Jesus is coming to judge the living and the dead? Is he really all-powerful? It seems that this age that we live in is unlike any other age before us, with crisis after crisis. The demonic attacks on the family, sexuality, the attacks by our political leaders on the very fabric of society that drives people further and further apart into political silos, being called various isms and names, an attempt to divide people into tribal affiliations and allegiances, all in a game of us versus them. There's a lot of worry in that, right? A lot to be worried about. There's a lot to be worried about for the future of American society. Now, that's just one crisis. The destruction of the social order would constitute just a singular crisis. But there's more, right? That isn't enough here. With reports from Ukraine as Russia invades uh, Ukraine, uh, the whole post-Cold War order seems to be crumbling. And with you know, thousands killed in Ukraine and many more wounded and injured, it's all in the struggle for Russia to gain supremacy in Eastern Europe. And all in the crosshair, we, we, we see innocent Ukrainians, uh, the Russia's cultural brothers and sisters, they're all in the crossfire there. Now, again, this invasion of Ukraine would constitute a crisis all by itself, and there's a lot to be, to be worried about. A lot to be worried about. More worry. And to top it all off, if that wasn't just another crisis there, the, the crumbling of the post-Cold War era here, to top it all off, in, inflation is causing families to make hard decisions on where to spend their money. You know, if you look back into the 1970s, which was before my time, um, but I still have to trust the older members here to correct me on this, but stagflation in the 1970s constituted a, a, a crisis in and of itself. So if we look in our, in our world, if we watch the news, it seems that we're in crisis after crisis, and these are just three crises here, all piled on top of each other. More worries. The evils of this world just seem to never end. There's a lot to be worried about. We seem to be living in the crisis of the 21st century, 
a socio-cultural, economic, political crisis. You'd say that 10 times fast, which we have never seen before. Or have we? As Solomon says, there is nothing new under the sun. We are not the first Christians to worry about or live under multiple crises. This age is not the only age where the devil has sought to stamp out hope in Jesus. Since Rome's founding about 800 BC to the writing of the, uh, John's Apocalypse here in 96 AD, Rome was the most effective and brutal war machine that sought to dominate the entire world. And when Rome came into your hometown, she would not take no for an answer. Every aspect of life, every aspect of culture and society, when Rome came in, came under her heel. And while religion was mostly a private matter in Roman society like it is today, one aspect of religion remained absolute, to pay tribute to the emperor by pinching incense to his name. Pinching incense is the way you worshipped God back then. And so when he pinched incense to the emperor, you were worshipping him. You could have your private religious beliefs, but they could not contradict the imperial cult and the social customs of Roman society. And to do so for the Romans would invite the wrath of the gods upon Rome. And so Rome had to have an iron hand in everything. And Rome had a very effective way to bring you into compliance. If you opposed Roman rule, you would be executed, either by crucifixion if you were a non-citizen, or beheaded if you were a citizen. Can you imagine the worry the early Christians had? The faithful of the early church cried out, Lord, how long? More worry. We do not live in the first age where we worry whether or not God is all-powerful or whether or not he is coming to judge the living and the dead. We are not the first people to cry out, Lord, how long? We live in a centuries-long, a millennial-long race in the faith. So, my brothers and sisters, how are you doing? Not so good are you? Are you making ends meet? Have you had to tighten up your budget due to inflation? Are you worried about Russia invading Ukraine and innocent Ukrainians being killed by Russian forces? Are you worried about the cultural chaos in America that seeks to undo the fabric of society? Are you running out of gas, running out of hope, running out of strength to cling to Christ's promise of the resurrection? Jesus proclaims to us today, he says to us, fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. Fear not, brothers and sisters. For our purpose in this world does not come from worldly power or success, from affluence, prosperity, or might. 
For we do not, as the psalmist says, put our trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God. We do not resign ourselves that this present evil age is the end-all be-all. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the one who first loved us. The greatest love ever shown for us by God on the cross where our Lord Jesus died the most painful and excruciating death. Where on the cross his side was, 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 was pierced with a spear. And out of, that, out of our riven Lord's side, out of Jesus' side here, blood and water flow. John explains the significance of this piercing in Revelation 1.5. That through his love, Jesus has freed us from our sins by his blood. And through his blood, Jesus has given us a new purpose and mission. That we are a kingdom and priests to his God and Father to love both God and our neighbor. First, we must recognize that, like John, we are dead before our resurrected Lord Jesus. And like Moses and Isaiah and Ezekiel and John the Apostle, our, our own spiritual emptiness, emptiness means that we do not have the strength to stand before our risen Lord, to stand in his unmitigated might and glory. Christ stands before John as the Ancient of Days, as foretold by Daniel, with that white hair showing that he is indeed the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In John's apocalypse, Jesus stands as the fulfillment of all of God's Old Testament promises. In Revelation 1.16, he comes to bring to us the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God out of his mouth. The sword of the Spirit is the two-edged sword that signifies the rightfully divided word of law and gospel. And God's law kills every anxiety and worry we have. For out of our anxieties and worries, that is where our idols are. Idolatry is the most common and greatest sin that we commit. When we trust in other things, either money or possessions or success or prosperity or governments, anything that we put and trust in over the gracious reign and rule of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what causes us to worry. So we must continually repent of the idols that reign in our heart, to put them away and to put our trust in our Lord Jesus. And just as with John, only through the touch of Christ are we brought back to life. And that his touch comes to us through his grace, through his means of grace in the gospel, through water, blood, and spirit, the means of grace, here, baptism and holy communion. And all of this gives to us the forgiveness of sins. Through his bloodshed on the cross, Jesus frees us from the tyranny of sin, Satan, and the world. The gospel frees us from worry because we know in the end our Lord is coming. He is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. 
Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Look, I am coming soon. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come, and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life, come. This is God's promise to you, generous, abundant grace. In the midst of a seemingly hopeless world, God gives us hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can be such little bundles of worry What we look at Jesus' track record. And we look at Jesus' track record, we see that his promises always come true. So let us keep the vision on the mission of Christ and look to the one who first loved us and to be completely devoted to him and to love our neighbor as those who are heirs to the kingdom and priests of God. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.